are the long box guys going to do tonight, Brain? The same thing the long box guys do every night, Pinky. Drink and talk about comics. They're useless to taking over the world. Yes. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Long Box Guys. With me is some of my very best friends since I was a very little kid. Tommy, how you doing, and what are you drinking? I'm doing okay. I'm drinking some R-Stone Scotch. Because it was nice. right at my feet. R-Stone. Uh, great. Uh, Josh, how you doing? What are you drinking? Uh, I'm avoiding the carbs this week. So I have a plant-based... Uh, milk replacement made from banana and sunflower seeds mixed which also has a little cinnamon in it which is nice mixed with my sister's apple moonshine with some chocolate syrup in it it's fucking delicious it doesn't sound it but you're a good mixologist so i'm gonna have to give you the benefit of the doubt because you've handed me stuff that sounds awful and is always tasting great you don't like you know i mean banana milkshakes it's I basically a chocolate Oh, you hate banana? Then you're not going to like this. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm going to say, if you disguise the banana enough, maybe I'll like it. <laughs> uh, Mikey, how you doing up there, brother? Well, I want to know what the name of that drink is going to be called first. A banana kaboom. Uh... <laughs> Give me a second. Keep All going. Right. While he does I'm that, going. I am doing fine. Thank you for asking. I am... Uh... Just drinking a zero sugar, zero calories A&W root beer because I, for the next few days, cannot have any caffeine or alcohol. Oof. <laughs> That's rough, man. No caffeine. I don't drink coffee, but I, you know, I guzzle Diet Coke, and no caffeine is, is tough for me. I gave uh, up caffeine a while ago. You did? Yeah. Good on you, brother. That's tough. It's a tough monkey to get off your back. Uh, I myself am drinking um, Canadian um, Club uh, because LT down there, you piece of shit. I went into my local liquor store and um, uh, the Kentucky brand uh, bourbon that's very popular was on super, super sale. It was like 16 bucks for a handle. I put it in my hand. I'm like, fuck, I can't drink this in front of Tommy. He's still got that. (laughs) He's still got that grudge. Put it back. Got the Canadian Club. Don't think I don't think about you, my friend. I think about you all the time because I love you. You're one of my most popular people. Speaking of popular, today's character is not. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like doing the deep dive into uh, supervillains and uh, especially minor ones because sometimes they get revived or is something interesting. And when you dig down, you find something interesting. And this character really is layered and more interesting than I thought it would be. And I'm talking about the beetle, not the blue beetle. I'm talking about the beetle, uh, from, uh, Marvel comics. Uh, what do you, you guys got a general idea who the beetle is? You guys like the beetle? So I remember, uh, I mean, oh, go ahead to LT. So, I mean, uh, I have, I have a, an idea about a couple of the beetles. So there's the beetle that became Mach seven and the Thunderbirds. Mm-hmm. And later became a parole officer for Boomerang in <laughs> the Superior Foes of Spider-Man. And then there's also the Beetle that was in the crew of the Superior Foes of Spider-Man. Who was Tombstone's daughter, crazily. Who's Tombstone's daughter, who also then later dated Ant-Man, even though she was a criminal and he was a hero. So that's the beetle that I know and love. 
Written by Nick Spencer. All right, Josh, how about you? You've seen him in comic book. He yeah. pops up. Uh, I always appreciate, well, one, I always appreciated the bug-on-bug action where they did not have the same power set, but it was a similarly themed villain to Spider-Man, and I always appreciated that. The other thing I appreciated about that character at the same time it was happening is none of the writers decided to give him a name that made him sound like he should have been a person who was a beetle. I always appreciate what he was not doc, the Dr. Octopus of the beetle world. He was, he was not, he was not Barley and McBeetleson, which I appreciated. He wasn't, he wasn't Charlie Brown who became Kite Man. He was, no, that's, uh, no. No, Kite Man became Charlie Brown. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. That's good. Uh, now Mikey, um, is he one of the few animal or bug-related villains that escaped Craven's big hunt? Was he in that? He was not because um, that is that is a good point. But I think that's mainly because he could have probably taken Craven. I'm just okay. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That's true. But she all right. probably could have taken Craven. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I. The first encounter I remember having with the Beetle, and I had some Spider-Man comics before that, but I remember him vividly as one of the NPCs from the Marvel superhero game. <laughs> and and I was like, he was just kind of a generic armored uh, bad guy that you could use whenever you wanted. And that's how I mostly remember him. But uh, like LT, I, I do know some of the other iterations from the Nick Spencer run. And uh, the more I did the research for this episode, I was fascinated by the Beatle. And I was like, holy moly. Like, I got to pick up the the deadly foes of Spider-Man. Not the the Nick Spencer one, which is the superior foes of Spider-Man. The deadly foes of Spider-Man is all about the Sinister Syndicate and the Beatle, the second Beatle who's in that and her whole backstory. I was like, this is, this is great. I got to read this stuff. Yeah. Talk, talk about a, a weird, like w- another one of my favorite, really just a total toss away. Bad guy was the ringer who was her husband. Yes. But we should start, probably start with Abner. We should, we got to start with Abner. You're right. Well, well let me uh, back up all the way back to, uh, anyone who is not Mikey, anybody have a guess from the first time the Beatles shows up? Anybody? Uh, I read it earlier, I think. Well, then you're out. I'm going to guess 62. <laughs> hey, you're not that far off. It's actually 1965. Uh, let me double check to make sure I'm right. Uh, 1965, The Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, I'm sorry, 1964, okay. Strange Tales. Uh, I guess The Human Torch was the original uh, uh, incarnation, which was Abner Jenkins. Abner Jenkins was just a mechanic um, who decided to become a an adventurer and invented this beetle suit. It's a little different than some of the other beetle suits we see later on. This one does look more beetly, if that makes sense. It has kind of a purpley domed head, and it's got, like, suction cup fingers and um, just pants, which I find weird. <laughs> just pants. Hey, man. The beetle wants pants, too. But he can fly, and he's got wings, and it's pretty cool. And uh, later, Jenkins joined the uh, Thunderbolts, as Mikey said, um, after he um, he was uh, one of the members of the Masters of Evil. 
he joined the Thunderbolts and he decided to take a more heroic pathway uh, later on becoming, like Mike said, a, um, a parole officer. Uh, and that brings us to uh, Lila Davis. Uh, do you want to take Lila Davis? Because you seem to, to have some of the background on that, uh, Mikey. Uh, so she started off as a getaway driver for the Sinister Syndicate, uh, where she, but before that, you didn't even realize her backstory was she was the ex wife or the, the widow of the Ringer, who was a loser supervillain. Um, and. Well, wasn't he one of the supervillains that was killed by the Watchdog? He was killed by, the, I think, the Scourge of Crime. Maybe? Uh, I always think that he's the Watchdog, the Scourge of Crime. You're right, though. Uh, but he. I'll, I'll double check that. Yeah. Uh, the Ringer was kind of a throwaway supervillain of uh, Spider Man anyway. And then they introduced this character. She's dating Boomerang, but she blames Boomerang for the death of the Ringer. So she sets Boomerang up to get arrested, and then she convinces him to hire her lawyer, who she's already bribed to throw the case. It's just a crazy backstory, and then all of a sudden she's the Beatle. I'm like, what? what huh? Uh, oh, and, and after being the getaway driver, she dates Speed Demon. Yeah. <laughs> that makes more sense. They both like Speed. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, after reading all this crazy shit about all these different, you know, I'm going to call them C-list Spider-Man villains, uh, and that's kind of being gracious, uh, I thought it was just fascinating. So she was a, a hero, uh, ended up joining the Thunderbolts also as the Beatle, and uh, she met an untimely death at the hands of a villain. I think Graviton <laughs> crushed her, right? Yes, uh, crushed by Graviton, which is a pretty terrifying way to go, if you ask me. Like, trapped in your suit and just being crushed, it sounds pretty horrible. I think she was killed by a heavy hitter, and she wasn't, like, hit by a bus or something. Yeah. Yeah. She wasn't killed by backlash in in an alley. I mean, Graviton's got her. (laughs) Jack of Hearts. (laughs) Jack Um, of Hearts is a hero. Whatever. He he killed, like, half a universe, didn't he? (laughs) He killed a child molester. I, I well, and then the third beetle. I think LT. You should probably talk about because you know the most about her. I mean, just I don't really know a lot about her except that she dated Ant Man. <laughs> you pretty, uh, much, got, you pretty much got all the comics down. Yeah. Uh, she uh, not only dated Ant Man, but she was also the daughter of well-known crime lord uh, Tombstone. Uh, she had none of Tombstone's um, abilities. I'm not even sure if you call Tombstone's um, – would you call those his powers powers? I mean, eventually – No, I don't think so. I think he's just an albino who's just really hard-headed. It, it wasn't just hard-headed. It shows up later that he actually has a disease that keeps turning his, his skin harder and harder and uh, oh, eventually okay. kind of traps him in his own, his own body, which is – Yeah, he was kind of, somewhat bulletproof. That's a power. Yeah, it's a power, but it's also a weakness because as he aged, he just got stiffer and stiffer, and he could barely move. So that seems terrifying to me. Yeah, Again. her name, by the way, she does have a name. It's Janice Lincoln. Yeah, yeah whereas, I mean, I had to look the it beetle up. That, that, dated, uh, that dated Ant-Man, I mean, she was kind of manipulated him into the relationship, and but 
really wasn't complaining too much. But the beginning of that run, that was what, Astonishing Ant-Man, right? Astonishing yeah. Ant-Man, yeah, it was a great series. Yeah, yeah. A fantastic that, series. Was a, it was a good series, though. It was a, definitely a fun read. Yeah. yeah, and she was also one of the uh, members of the Sinister Six in the amazing series, which we've constantly told everybody should read, is the Superior Foes of Spider-Man. Foes of Spider-Man. Because the Sinister Six in that, and there are only five of them, <laughs> are amazing balls. You don't know. You don't know. And also, the way he gets recruited, the boomer gets recruited, is hilarious. Just a bunch of guys in robes standing at the end of his bed, and what does he say, Mikey. Is this a sex thing? Ah, this, this, <laughs> like, this is a sex thing. <laughs> and when you get to the incredibly satisfying conclusion, it's so fucking petty. <laughs> the whole thing was so goddamn petty. The entire scheme. Uh, it just it, it, it rivals Modoc trying to impress the guys at the bar with no name. Petty. It's so good. Uh, and speaking of but the bar, it's just no the name, way he gets his crew to like boomerang gets his crew to bail him out of jail. Just hilarious. Uh, speaking of the bar with no name, by the way, that shows up a couple times in the iterations of the Beetle because this armor got sold at the bar with no name a couple of different times, and the Beetle armor also got used by Oscorp uh, when they were you know making a strike security force. They actually had a, a small Beetle army. The these knockoff beetle suits don't seem to me to be as good as the original beetle. And what I'm reading doesn't seem to be quite as good, but they're still pretty cool. It's quality control. Well, know, quality you control. You make a hundred. Yeah. yeah. yeah they're not made in America. You know, you yeah, they're being, being made somewhere. Probably Latvia. Latvia is like the, yeah. the go-to for this kind well, of Well, speaking of Latvia, that, there is a beetle crossover with Latvia in the ultimate universe. Thanks. You kind of stepped on my segue, but okay, go ahead and take it away. No, that's it. Go, go for it. <laughs> so, in ultimate, uh, in the ultimate universe, there is a um, a one from Latvia. Let me get back to him because I was just looking at tombstone stuff. Uh, so there was the in the ultimate uh, mysterious mercenary from Latvia uh, with revamped armor that goes after Spider Man uh, after uh, and also trying to get a sample of the Venom symbiote from Roxanne. Uh, the Beetle later breaks into Trask Lab, where Eddie Brock is uh, being held. Venom chases after the Beetle, just as Beetle's core. Venom is stopped by Spider-Man. Venom symbiote leaves Brock attached to Spider-Man. Beetle escapes in the confusion. And uh, that's about it that we see. Beetle suit is later repaired by the Tinkerer when a group of supervillains arrives for weapons against Spider-Man. So once again, we see it getting linked over again probably going to end up, uh, if the Tinkerer is involved, that armor is probably going to end up in the bar with no name, being sold to the highest bidder in that back room. You know what I find amazing about this character? It's such a minor character. Uh, yeah. uh, with an incredibly rich history, but if you're just looking at series that we're like, oh, you got to read this. Um, in addition to the other, the two we already named with Ant-Man and um, the Superior Foes of Spider-Man, Thunderbolts is a phenomenal series. Uh, in its own right, and the Ultimate Spider-Man, where he's a, one of the characters there, is just amaze balls. Yeah, uh, for a minor tossaway character, he shows up in a lot, of, but he's also a good guy. He's like a little bit like the Wrecking Crew, like he's a good, powerful-ish go-to guy that people can beat up on. 
Yeah, and, I don't um, think he's a minor character. I think he's a mileage character. Oh, I like Ooh. that. A mileage he's got, he's got enough story and enough going on where writers, at least at least he's interesting when people introduce the character into storylines and books where he's not just some throwaway with, with – you see people and you're like, I have no idea what that backstory of that person's about. The Beatles at least made the turn around that corner where you're like, oh, there is something interesting about this character. It does come up quite often. And it's in quality books, so I'm gonna call, I'm gonna call this a mileage character. Um, I, also, you know what? I like that. Mike, I'm, I'm nice gonna term. call this a banapoli because it's got bananas and apples. We might throw in chocolate as a descriptor. This is the chocolate banapoli. Chocolate banapoli is a great name for that. I I applaud it. I only like the command, uh, banana kaboom from that episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> it's not a very good birthday for Rex Bannon. You haven't even touched a banana but kaboom. I wish I could get all that kind of stuff out of my head. <laughs> I could learn sign language better. Oh, I did get to use sign language when I was up at the... Uh, so earlier today, we talked about uh, me going to a, a nature farm. I got to be the sign language interpreter. Me and Lady, it was terrific. Sorry, that's incongruous. If you guys want to know the backstory of that, you're going to have to go and listen to our Patreon Patreon page, uh, uh, The Geek League. But we're not there yet, so let's keep going. Sorry. <laughs> Tangent. That's later for Josh. Sorry. Um, so also the Hobgoblin. Uh, there was a, like a backstory with the Hobgoblin even. So yeah, you're right. This character is a mileage character. I think that's a perfect way to describe it. Uh, <laughs> here's one other thing that I've kind of found weird. He shows up in a bunch of the TV shows, and one of the times he's voiced by John Riley, uh, and he has a liver liver pudian. I guess that's the way they 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 say it if you're from Liverpool, a Liverpudian accent. So he sounded like he was a member of the Beatles and it was a choice the actor made. Well, it it just makes sense. Yeah, it just makes sense. So, like, it's the Beatles, like, I can't even do a a Beatles accent, but that's a crazy choice. By the way, it's a different, it's not John C. Riley. by the way, it's just another actor named John Riley. I had to look that up because I thought that would have been really fun. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But unfortunately it wasn't. Uh, Uh, so he shows up in Marvel Spider-Man the Avengers Ultron Revolution he has a cameo in uh, in a couple other cartoons Uh, and yeah he showed up in a couple of different places he's in one of the fight video games too right yeah Yeah. oh and Spider-Man is amazing friends he's in there Uh, the the SNES Genesis version of Spider-Man has him and Spider-Man Lethal Foes, he's in that one. PlayStation Spider-Man Enter Electro, he's in that one. He's and in one of the side-scrollers from the arcade games back in the 80s, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, well, the 19, let me see. The, the oldest one they have them uh, on is 1995. But it, it, it might not be complete, because I know which one you're talking about. It's a side-scroller where you can pick Spider-Man, Namor, or Hawkeye, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, no, it's Spider-Man, Black Cat, Black and, Cat. And, and Namor. Captain yeah. America? No, you there, too, right? No, Captain America's in the other one. There's one other weird one where Spider-Man, Black Cat, and somebody else. And uh, it might have been Namor. And, yeah, Beetle shows up in that one. It was pretty good. Yeah, it, was like a, it was like a Capcom Marvel game, right? With one of the yeah. three joystick ones, and it was a side-scroller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
it was yeah. I, I'm gonna have to look that one up now because that was a fun game. But they had like three weird characters, like Spider-Man, Black Cat, and someone else, like some weird other character, like Na- not a tossaway character, but like Namor or Hawkeye or someone who didn't quite fit into the thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, so. Uh, when I first said, let's do the Beatle, everyone kind of gave me a funny look, but I'm glad we did it, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is a fun character. Did we do the Blue Beetle yet? Uh, you know, I, I actually, did... I did a search on our on our episode list, and I put Beetle in, and it's not in any of the titles. At least the word Beetle isn't. We did so great we pairs. Did. Okay. We did terrific duos, and Blue Beetle, Blue and Gold. Yeah, Blue and Gold was in there, yeah. Maybe next week we should just do the Blue Beetle, and we'll just stick with the Beetle theme. All right. Yeah. I'm okay with that. And uh, that goes all the way back to Charlton, right? It's Beatles month. Yeah. It's Beatles month, baby. (laughs) All things Beatles. Uh, Does anyone have any last words to say about the Beatles? No. No. All right. Fun character. Rich history. Josh has called this a mileage character. I'm starting to think of other characters and I'm thinking of as mileage characters and I'm coming up with a couple right off the top of my head and it's, this, will, uh, this will be a fun new thing to put our villains under. I like this. Alright. Thank you very much. Mikey, what do you got in the front of the long box? In the front of the long box, I've got Kickstarter. Uh, I'm going to pull it out and uh, for our YouTube fans. You can see this cute little, it's called an awesome possum. I ran into the woman who was uh, selling them at a con, and she was doing a Kickstarter, so I supported the Kickstarter. And if you get a chance, if you've got some extra cash, Kickstarter is always fun to do. Uh, Just remember when you do a Kickstarter, you may never see anything (laughs) from that, (laughs) so keep that in mind. Uh, I'm talking to you, Frosthaven, you sons of bitches. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, uh, I just got that in the mail the other day, and I completely forgot I had done that Kickstarter, uh, along with um, a comic book uh, from the guys at Pensacon. I got that. The uh, I'll have to do that review next week, though. Yeah, Kickstarter. It's like a gift from your past self. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Hey, past self, you might like this. Josh, you've had pretty good luck with games on Kickstarter. Uh, yeah, well, I yeah, I found Dice Thrones out there and um, my other Kickstarter one. Sword and Magic, you got me as a character in that thing. Oh, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah that's, uh, yeah, some video games, yeah, have been, uh, been great. And uh, Iron Oath is the latest one for me to come up for me. And they're just in beta now, but it's really like, it's a nice, classic, old sort of um, Final Fantasy Tactics. But it, but it also is uh, base, like, uh, it almost reminds me of Nobunaga's Revenge, too, because it's got uh, resource uh, management as well built in. We played the shit out of Nobunaga's Revenge back oh, in the yeah, day. Oh, yeah, we did. And, yeah, oh my yeah. god! Just hours at Andy's house, being like, "Man, I don't know if can we buy wheat at this price? Is that cool?" Like, I don't think that like <laughs> I don't never think that's in my life for wheat. We <laughs> would sweat over the price of wheat. Oh yeah, yeah. I have never done so much financial management in my entire life, and I've owned three businesses. 
than I did in Nobunaga's <laughs> Revenge. Look, look, there was a drought two seasons ago. It looks like it's coming around again. What we're going to do is we're going to build up our floodplains, hope for a big wheat crop next year, and invest now in the irrigation. Are you with me, guys? And we would, we would sweat that out. <laughs> and then there was Jay who would just send ninjas. <laughs> uh, so, Tom, I just did a quick search, and you nailed it, by the way. Sega Spider-Man, 1991. You, you played Spider-Man, and yeah. the other characters were Black Cat, Hawkeye, and Namor. That's just a like, weird fucking combo. Yeah, it was a weird combo, yeah, right? Nice job. And every man. once in a while, you'd have to nice do, job. you'd have to fly. <laughs> and Spider-Man got this weird little jet, and Hawkeye got his cool, cool little hawk cycle, and Namor was flying. And uh, Black Cat had like a little weird helicopter or something. <laughs> it was crazy. Then there was the Thanos helicopter would come in. I'm lying about that, but it was cool that he had one. <laughs> Tommy, what do you got in the back of the log box? So on the back of the long box, I have a comic book called The Kill Lock, and it is a story uh, that takes place in this completely robot society, and in this robot society, these four robots are uh, sort of sentenced to die if any of their four, of the other robots in their group of four dies, because they've all done something horrifically bad. And they, this is their sentence. If any of them perish, they all perish. So they all have to keep each other alive. And it's called the kill lock, that they're all marked with this. And in the group is an artisan robot who is basically they're, they're the people, the architects that create all the other robots. And... Uh, he's just a sadistic bastard who likes ripping other robots apart to see how they tick and like likes exploiting their weaknesses and destroying them for the fun of it. And that's kind of why he's been punished with this. And then there's uh, this sort of warrior, uh, religious warrior class of robot. And one of them is is lumped in with this group because he refused to kill these like youngling heretics uh, Young robotic heretics. Yes, because <laughs> he thought they, that they were young enough that they had a chance to change their ways and actually live a good, pure life. No, they and... had the high ground. He didn't want to risk it. Is it just the guy liked robots? Because it doesn't sound like the robots are essential to this story. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, I think I think the robots are. I think they're all robots because it's it's easy that since they're robots. They can all be electronically linked. Okay, yeah. But also sense. it makes the artwork cool. Yeah. Because if you like robots, which I do. Uh, and, and then there's a, a laboring robot who uh, one of his jobs was to kind of open and shut these hangar doors. And uh, a, a ship was coming in blind, and he accidentally shut the door, not, not knowing or not realizing it that the ship was coming in blind and caused the ship to crash and caused all these robotic deaths. Uh, so he was sentenced. Bend it to 30 degrees, 32 degrees. <laughs> Give him the clamps! Clamps! And, and then the last one in their group was this uh, not fully formed robot who was just created with a defect. And so they just decided that, you know, it, 
it should just get lumped in with these people because it it, it could go on to have problems and cause issues. So it should just die. And so it was lumped in. And so it's a story about these four robots. Uh, two of them are kind of the, the religious robot and the laborer are kind of like, we fucked up, you know, but our job really is to protect this innocent. Like, who gives a shit if we die? You know, this this young kid doesn't really deserve to die. So we should do everything we can to stay alive because this, this young, unformed robot, not fully formed robot, doesn't really deserve to have this happen to him. And the the architect, artisan robot, um, you know, is just like, I don't want to die because I got more shit I want to destroy. <laughs> And it's just this interesting story about these four robots and their quest to try to find a cure for the kill lock that's on them. What so, uh, what platform did you read this on? I I read this on Comicsology. Oh. <laughs> and uh, and it uh, it took a while to get this thing to work. It took a while to read it, but it was it was worth reading. Is this one of those European comics? Um, let's see if I can find out on Comixology any information, and of course you can't. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's by Livio Ramondelli, so it probably is a European comic. It's on Comixology Unlimited. Uh, I'm sure you can find it on Amazon. All right. Uh, but it was it was a good book. I liked it. The artwork was really good. The the story was interesting. It was a, a creative take on things. A relatively quick read too, because it you know it was all one story contained in it. So it was not like an ongoing series. So. I'm sorry for listeners at home. If you are hearing my cat, he's just happy. Yeah. We, we can just barely happy. hear. He's okay. Uh, Josh, what's that thing called? One more time. I want to make sure I get this right. The Bonapoli. Bonapoli. All right. Uh, I got a 318, real quick one. Roller coasters. Not something any of us really are obsessed with, to my knowledge, but we've all been on them. So, 318, roller coasters, go. I love a good roller coaster. I was really surprised at the coasters at Dollywood. There are a couple of very excellent rides there. I'm going to go for a 16. If I'm near a roller coaster, I'm going to wait. If I'm, at a, if I'm at an amusement park, I'm waiting in line for the good coasters. All the good. All right. Coasters. All right. 16 coming in solid. Tommy. Uh, I'm also going to say 16. I don't go on them anymore because they can be uh, migraine inducing for me, but uh, I used to love going on roller coasters. All right. I'm also going to give it a 16 just because when I was younger, I freaking loved it. But after messing up my back, roller coasters are mainly a thing of the past. Although I went on that little, uh, not the kids' roller coasters because those are also dangerous. But I went on that one that wasn't too bad with uh, our friend Maria, who was five years old. And it was her first roller coaster. And she freaking loved it. And I, I just loved that experience. So, yeah, definitely a 16. Yeah. I'm more of a 15. I don't have any of the health problems. I, I don't have migraines. I don't have back problems. I just, I, I don't, I like, everyone survives this experience. 
it's like some people are like, oh, it's so dangerous and fun. I'm like, eh, not a lot of deaths involved. I don't know. I don't know why that comes into my head as like I'm just going faster than normal and spinning around. It it just doesn't strike me. But I do enjoy when I'm with my wife because she loves them. So I enjoy watching her go nuts. So, so I'm I, will, it a I will say uh, on on your 15, I also enjoy the people who are more afraid than I am on the rides. We were actually at Dollywood. We were coming up to this. this it was one of the higher pitches of the steel roller coaster, and you could see it was a considerable drop, and it came up and went into the first corkscrew. And there was a guy in front of me, and we had gone through like a, like a, a, a semi-drop and come back up, and he was like, that wasn't so bad. And we got to the top of this rise, and he looked at me, and I just heard, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I was like, nice. And we grew up near Riverside Park, home of one of the oldest wooden roller coasters uh, that was still in service. That was the old Thunderbolt. You guys remember the Thunderbolt? Oh, yeah. Thunderbolt was the metal roller coaster. Cyclone was the wind roller coaster. Josh is probably right on this one. He's better at names, but that was terrifying. And they had (laughs) the first loop. Oh, yeah, the loop. That was the black. The Wildcat was the metal one. The Wildcat was the metal one. The Wildcat yeah. was the, the four-rider, small-cart metal one that more yeah. people died on than any other rides there. The yeah. Cyclone was the big wind one, which at one time in the U.S. was the largest wind largest roller coaster wind. until the Beast was built in Ohio. Yeah. And the Black Widow was the first metal loop coaster, and it was just once forward, once back. It was the Black Widow at that, Riverside. That was called the Black Widow? Yep, that was the Black Widow. I thought it was just called the Loop. No, it's called the Black Widow. Was it ever just called the Loop? Because I, no. I really have that ingrained in my brain. No, all right. I guess we just called it that because that's all it was. It was just sure, once around. That's all it was. It's it really... was just, yeah, a loop, and then you did it in reverse. That was yeah. it. That was the whole yeah. ride. Yep, that was the Black Widow. All right. Uh, that later something... became uh, um, Six Flags New England. And for those of you who played arcade games when we were kids, if you uh, it was also a racetrack. <laughs> if you were, ever played Pole Position, the first track in pole position, just the plain oval, is Riverside, which was Riverside Park. In, nice. Uh, in I learned two things today. I didn't know that one. All right. Good idea. Now I can never pry that brain. <laughs> Thanks. I love the The cyclone was fun because that whole thing would shake like hell. Yeah. But yeah. it's supposed to a little bit because that's, that's how it stayed together. <laughs> yeah. The, that's that swing was coasters. Yeah. part of it. But it was... Terrifying. It was. That one that one would make you scared. And it would just it would just beat you the fuck up too. Like you'd come out of there like like you would just win two rounds, like boom. Alright. I guess that brings us to uh uh to to plugs. Who's got some plugs? Oh, oh no tangent for Josh? Oh, I'm sorry, Josh. Give us a tangent. Uh well we talked about the Spider Man video game and pole position. One game that was from comics in another one that never got any love. So if you had any arcade game from when you were a kid that you could pull out and have had turned into a comic book, what what arcade game do you pick? Oh, I, I think I'm going to go with Pitfall. Ah, okay. They, they never did anything with Pitfall Harry. His name was Harry, right? Yeah, Pitfall Harry. Pitfall yeah. Harry. So, you never did anything with Pitfall Harry? Yeah, it's a. I don't know. Hmm. He's in search of Soleil. He still does the jumping on crocodiles bit. Yeah. Just, yeah. That dude had a life. That dude, yeah. in fact, he had many lives because I was very bad at that game. 
It's the first game I ever turned over. Rolled the score over. Oh, nice. I, I don't think I ever did it on that one. Um, I've, I, you know, I always used to really enjoy Final Fights and Hagar. Remember the character Hagar from that? I always liked him. I wouldn't mind seeing a comic book based on because he he does like he comes up as a street fighter, eventually he becomes mayor of the city, and then he he's pulled back in for Final Fight Three. Uh, he's like fighting in a suit instead of his old uh, dungaree overall things that he had. I think a Hagar comic book might be fun. You know, I always wanted to see Strider a little more fleshed out. Yeah, I think Strider is like a multi-multi-manga. Is it? I think so. I mean, I seem to remember seeing it somewhere. Because I only remember the one game. Was it more than one Strider game? I think there were a lot of ports. But I think there was only one Strider game. I think you might be right. Yeah. Okay. Hell of a game, though. Josh, are you going to choose burger time or what? No, I'm going Golden Axe. Ah. It, uh, I would watch that movie. I don't know if I want that comic book, but I want the movie now. One of my uh, buddies in New Orleans, he got the arcade one-up Golden Axe. Yeah. We played the shit out of that. You know what? With unlimited quarters, made it through. That's hard. <laughs> Not too bad. Not too bad. Not too bad. Not too bad. With unlimited quarters. I made it through Final Fight uh, finally with unlimited quarters. I got on uh, Steam. <laughs> Very satisfying. Plus, there's a wrestling match in the middle. I love that game. Is that everybody? That's everyone. Yeah, we played that. Me and Josh played the hell out of Shinobi. That was a, that was a fun game. And All speaking right. of Steam, uh, if you are. Uh, interested on August 27th, Cooper's Cleanup is going to come out on Steam, and it was designed by one of my Dungeons & Dragons players, Harris Sinclair. Okay. So he was on the team. There was a whole bunch of people who designed the game. But uh, he is in college right now studying to be a game designer. So, yeah, uh, if you want to check out Cooper's Cleanup in August, then uh, – Go support whatever school he goes to, if I can find it. I, I hate to put you on the spot, but do you know anything about the game, what kind of game it is? It's on Steam, and it's called Cooper's, <laughs> it's called Cooper's Cleanup. Cleanup. I assume it's got to be some barrel-making or barrel-moving game. I do not know because, as you guys know, I have a very addictive personality when it comes to video games. Well, for everything, but video games, I will get sucked in, and I will waste... Well, I, I, it's not wasting because I'm enjoying myself, but I will spend hours doing that rather than the, things I should do, like sleep. How so, far are you in the group haven? I, no, I stopped. I was Did like, I'm going to wait for Tom and Josh and LT to be like, okay, let's play. I got I to gotta stop because I was just going in on Sundays and going to be like, yeah, I'll just play for an hour or five. Well, the only game I've, I've recommended to you in the last year for that's a video game is Wordle because you can't get too deep into it. Yeah, you I got one a day. One a day. That's and I do every morning. I wake up at five thirty in the morning and I do my Wordle. I do it here. My wife does it there. We yell at each other for it. We don't give each other hands. That's cheating. Uh, but yeah, we like Wordle. It's a fun game. 
So if this is it, it looks like it. Cooper's clean up. There's a preview on YouTube. Uh, it looks like you are a Roomba trying to map everything out in a room and collect treasure. So it's the um, uh, the salesman's uh, is the traveling salesman's dilemma, <laughs> right? The math, the traveling salesman's math problem. You're just trying to get the most efficient route in a room. Uh, I I can't tell what the exact gameplay is, but yeah, uh, I linked it. Sounds kind of fun. I might try that. I want to be a Roomba. <laughs> it's fun. Josh, uh, Tommy, by the way, we didn't give you enough credit. That, that was funny. Cooper's cleanup because you're making barrels. That that wasn't bad. Historically accurate. I, did, I, I just want to acknowledge that was one of your better jokes today. Credit where credit's due, my friend. <laughs> you know who's not a joke? Kirby Crackle. They provide yeah, right. our geek rock music every week. Go check them out at kirbycracklemusic.com. But, Mike, there's no music on this uh, uh, video. Yeah, you're right. If you're listening to this on uh, YouTube, you're like, what music is he talking about? Because we have a podcast where I put music into it. Very little else editing. But if you want to go and uh, subscribe to our podcast, please do that. If you're uh, listening to the podcast and you want to go watch us on YouTube, please go subscribe to that. Subscribe to everything we do and give us a very high rating. We would definitely appreciate it. And speaking of appreciating it, we also have our Patreon account that Tom mentioned. All the money that we make goes to Elizabeth Peabody House to help feed families. So please consider becoming a Patreon. That's the long box. No, patreon.com slash the long box guys. And for a mere $1 a month, you get access to the geek leak where we talk about all the other geeky stuff that we're doing during the week. That is not comic book related. Well said. I'd like to, uh, Mention our good friends over at geekorthodox.com. Geekorthodox.com. IanLeno.com. Hello, Tammy. Geekorthodox.com, purveyor of fine uh, stained glass prints, Johnny Skywalker rocks glasses, sake sets, uh, socks, you name it, they got it over at geekorthodox.com. And if you want t shirts, they got them over at IanLeno.com. So go over to one of those two sites and get all the geeky things you want. And Josh, show up that T-shirt. You're wearing an Elena right now. I am. A it's little Hellboy. <laughs> a little of the devil just making a snow angel because you know what? That's fun. That's fun. Yeah. That's fun stuff. And you know what else? They're uh, they're working on design for our flags mean death. Ah, uh, one of my favorite shows. Love that show. Can't wait for season two. Me. And, uh, Josh, uh, you have a great new local gaming shop, don't you? Uh, yeah, Stories and Games right down the street. Uh, Mike has a box there. I can pick it up whenever he needs. Great Stories uh, and great Games. Stories. Great, great stories. stories. Not just any story and game. Great, great stories. stories. Uh, let me give a quick plug out to World Central Kitchen, uh, run by uh, Chef Jose. Uh, they do a lot of really good work. Wherever disaster strikes, this guy is there providing food and services to people in the most desperate of needs. Uh, I will actually be helping them out in the Ukraine in about 10 days, uh, doing a week over there of service to, uh, to help out people coming across the border into Poland. And uh, World Central Kitchen, they really do a great job 
Uh, if you're going to uh, put your money into something to help out the Ukraine, that's not a bad place to put it. And Mikey, what's this podcast like to you? It's like drunk history, but for comics. Josh, my brother, is Je- uh, always uh, is the next thing Gen Con for you? Yep. Is Gen Con your sector? Indianapolis, Indiana, August 4th to the 7th, absolutely. Ooh, that is coming up. Are you flying out there or driving? you got to be driving. you got to no, be driving. flying to Indianapolis. How are you bringing all your swords? And a golf bag. All right. <laughs> that doesn't look suspicious at all. Just go, do, 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 do. Worked on Highlander. I checked the bag. You check it. Yeah. Uh, For those of you uh, not in the know, let's just make sure uh, that Josh is actually teaching a sword class there. Uh, He is a very uh, well-received teacher uh, when it comes to uh, longsword. And, um, yeah, he'll be teaching there. So that's why he has all the swords. And for no other reason. Right. (laughs) Tommy, sweet, sweet Tommy, he works for us? Uh, You know... So almost time for me to get my fourth shot. If you guys haven't gotten a shot yet, go get a shot. If you haven't gotten a second shot, maybe think about getting a second or third shot. Well, you got a fourth shot coming up? I got a fourth shot coming up. I got I got two. Do I need a third? No, I don't know if I need a third. You haven't got your booster? My... Oh, yeah, I booster. got my booster. Yeah, that's right. That's three. You're right. You get the that's... first, second, I got the booster. Yeah. I got three. Yeah, yeah I time for number that. four. I'm not worried about four. I mean, if they tell if you, my doctor be. says get four, if my doctor says get four, I'll get four. I'm telling you, I'm not, get four. <laughs> I'm right. having problems breathing from COVID, so I. Yeah, you're right, Mike. It, it's like the shingle shot. It sucked, but shingles is so much worse. So you're right. If my doctor says get four, I'll get four. Yeah, if uh, uh, my doctor told me if I hadn't. You already been vaccinated and had my booster, I would have been on a respirator. Ugh. I'm so glad so, you got so I was just we... sick for two days, and now I'm having a little breathing issues, but it could have been so much worse. So much worse. Get get your boosters, guys. Get the, I mean, if, if, it, if nothing else, it just keeps you out of the hospital. How is that not worth it? Yeah. Like, sir, I have, I've actually had people argue that all it does is keep you out of the hospital. How is that not worth it? Yeah. Not worth that, it. Is that an argument? Yeah, that's that's a terrible. It's an argument. argument. It's not a good it's one. But... <laughs> I think you nailed it on the it head. Just there. It just keeps me out of the hospital. <laughs> All right. Well, don't forget what we what I always say. Don't just what you hate. Just just uh, promote what you love. You live longer. Thank you for the log box, guys. On the road, we're going home to the place where wild nerds roam.